Northwest Arkansas. Welcome to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. This week on Hey Hey NWA, we actually got the opportunity to sit down with a group from the Bentonville Islamic Center. And I've got to say, this is this has got to be one of the most, I guess, important interviews that we've done. The other ones before have been fantastic, passionate, inspiring. But this one, I, I think, is one of the most important ones we have to date. Yeah, it's definitely timely. Uh, for the political situation that we find ourselves in, uh, in an area where growing up, I didn't know any Muslim people. I was not exposed to any practicing Muslims, uh, maybe because they weren't in my community, but at the same time, I didn't have any exposure to them, maybe of my own ignorance. So I think it's important that we hear the stories of Muslim people, especially at this time in the political situation we're in. And also given that these guys are our neighbors, these are the people who inhabit our city and our town, and we want we want to hear their stories. We want to hear where they come from. Um, we are a storytelling platform, and we really seek um, to highlight those stories that don't typically get told. And so this is going to be, this is an excellent interview for exactly that, for telling the stories of those that aren't exactly in the mainstream. Yeah, for sure. So you're going to hear some laughter. You may hear some tears. You may hear... It was all around a good interview, and I thought it was really um, profound, some of the things that they had to say, and it was good for us two white guys (laughs) to sit down and listen uh, to their stories, for sure. Well, with all of that, uh, we welcome you to another episode, and enjoy the interview. Just as an editor's note, we recorded this conversation before President Trump's travel ban, um, so you won't hear anything about that. We didn't have the opportunity to uh, get their perspectives on that in particular. So that's why that in particular does not come up during the interview. Welcome back to Hey Hey NWA. Um, here we have, we are currently at the Benville Islamic Center. Um, with a couple members and leadership here. So um, if we can go around the table just to get, um, so the listeners know who is around the table, go around and introduce yourselves. That would be fantastic. Um, my name is Muhammad Khan. Um, I'm the president of the Bentonville Islamic Center. I've been serving uh, by the current president uh, since its uh, uh, formation back in 2005. So I've been president for the last 10 years. Hi, Hi, Zakir Sayed. I'm one of the founding members of Benton Islamic Center. Uh, been in this area for the last 12 years. I'm Isa Aboud. I'm also one of the founding members of the Benton Islamic Center. Um, I'm also serving as the vice president. I've uh, been uh, first came to North South Arkansas in 1999. Uh, my name is Yusra Aboud. Uh, I've been here 15 years, uh, trying my best to serve for the uh, our community, and I serve as a the principal of Sunday school. Excellent. Thank you all for being here, and thank you so much for making time for us. Um, <clears throat> to give it a little context um, for our listeners, um, so we we are here at night during uh, evening prayer. Is that correct? So, um, how would you describe just uh, what we just observed? So uh, the, the prayers that we just offered is one of the five prayers in the day. Uh, so the, uh, the 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 prayer that we did just now is the prayers just after dusk, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's um, um, it's basically uh, praising the Lord and thanking Him for everything that He has bestowed on us. And the services are done in a congregation mm-hmm. where one of the, the imam is leading, and then uh, all the other men are standing in a row. And as you see uh, in various uh, you know, places, and, uh, and the women also participate if they are available. Are those prayers throughout the day? Do they signify different things throughout the day, or uh, are they all? They are actually the same version of the Quran. Uh, the the main uh, that is one that is repeated in every uh, every rakat. We say you know we got 
So we, uh, and you can recite three verses anywhere from the Quran. If you know, these are already by hearted. So we are not actually holding the book and reading, mm -hmm. but these have been memorized and just coming from your heart. It'll just come, it'll pop up and you just recite. So there's no random selection. It is just uh, whatever comes to your heart. Hard. You just recite those verses. <laughs> what What is the process before, in order to prepare oneself for prayer? What does that process look like? So right before we pray, we uh, conduct kind of a, like a mini baptism. Uh, you know, you're, when you're praying, you are putting yourself in front of God. And you want to be presentable in front of God. And also praying is a social activity. So if you imagine uh, <clears throat> hundreds of years ago, through 1400 years ago, when people coming out of work, they come, they kind of smell, they've been working all day. So we wash before we do that. So uh, right before I prayed, I went, uh, we, we, we conduct, I conducted what's called a wudu. Um, wudu is you wash your hands, and you wash your mouth, nose, face, uh, arms to the elbows, then ears and head, and then neck, and then uh, your feet from the uh, ankles down. Uh, so this kind of, serves two purposes. One, it prepares you mentally uh, for the prayers, kind of calms you down. You're not rushing. You're just trying to get into the zone, I guess. And then uh, the second part of it is it makes you presentable in front of God and the community that you're praying with. Now, does that process look the same between men and women? Does... Same process. Same process. Same processes. So I kind of want to get into the founding of the Bentonville Islamic Center. Could you tell us a little bit about how this place came to be? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, it was uh, 2004 when we unofficially started this place uh, in a, somebody's, one of the, uh, you know, Muslims' apartment. Uh, as a uh, word got out, we grew and uh, we need to legitimately establish an organization at that time because our only other option at that time was going to Fateville. Uh, driving 30 plus miles. So obviously it was inconvenient for performing Friday afternoon prayers, which is our the main Sunday type service. Mm. So anyway, so we officially established uh, 2005 by registering through the state and uh, getting our IRS numbers and everything. So uh, yeah, it has been grown. Uh, this is our technically the fourth house. Uh, so you know, you can tell we had a three rental properties before this. So yeah, it's uh, actually fourth, fourth rental property. This is the fifth place. So we started uh, in unofficially in somebody's apartment. And then you know we started four people, and uh, the word got out, and uh, soon it was ten, fifteen people showing up. Uh, one day I was driving toward uh, this uh, person's house uh, to pray, and I saw a sign, a for rent sign on an office. It was like four hundred dollars a month. There wasn't that many of us, so we rented that. Uh, we uh, uh, each one of us uh, pledged uh, fifty dollars a month, <laughs> and uh, that's how it started. Uh, and then uh, we outgrew that place very quickly. You know, when we first started, we didn't know about many of the other Muslims in uh, Northwest Arkansas because there was no reason for us to see each other. There was nothing to bring us together. Mm -hmm. And uh, once we started this, people started coming out of the woodworks, <laughs> yeah, as the expression goes. Uh, so uh, this uh, 12 by 12 office, we filled it up so that uh, so much that we had to start having two prayers on Fridays, uh, kind of like some churches do with two different services. Mm -hmm. At the end of that uh, lease, uh, uh, the landlord uh, couldn't rent the rest of the offices like this. He had to rent a bigger space so we lost our space we found a different space uh, it was a hair salon we, we stayed there for a while then uh, we went to a hotel lobby for a while or a hotel conference room then and we the went to a place. dance studio we rented we converted a dance studio it was a big hall we all we needed was a big hall like that mm -hmm. so that it can accommodate up to 50 people mm -hmm. we grew up to 50 people at that time and then we said yeah the friday services will actually you know, we can fit 50 people and we can have 20 cars parked. We'll do it because we ask our people to carpool. And it was mainly focused for Friday services. We rented that place for almost two years, two or three years. And then uh, we started uh, doing fundraising, saying we need to buy a place of our own. And, uh, and each year we collected $15,000, So it took about five years or mm -hmm. seven years it to get a, get a 
money uh, that would you know not even buy buy a house actually uh, <laughs> a second, you know like mm, this place uh, came on uh, at that time uh, was available it, it was a daycare uh, and it didn't fit any office model or it was not appropriate for any business to come with two parking spots and it was a, a place with 20 long, big fully grown trees and this um, this house in the ship had a home in the top with rooms in the downstairs with you know daycare rooms um, was it giggles and wiggles it was called <laughs> uh, we we rented uh, we we had to bid for this place and um, it was a uh, it was a bankrupt you know uh, property so mm -hmm. um, and we went and uh, you know uh, got this place and we did some renovations since then uh, every year has been a challenge for us to do renovation for parking mm -hmm. to meet the city codes of Bentonville uh, you know make sure that our back is uh, we have a, a good backyard with you know retaining walls so that <laughs> there is no soil erosion and, mm -hmm. and uh, we put fence around and uh, you know there was a getting rid of the trees it was a lot of challenge a lot of these years we went through a lot of renovation and making this place what it is what it is today and uh, as you can tell, we're still going through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, to give a little context to our listeners, um, we have some renovations going on in the Benville Islamic Center. So there are actually workers in the background <laughs> um, working on those renovations. So everything's in progress right now. <laughs> okay. Now I'm curious, um, as far as talking about establishing the yeah. center here, um, you talked about some of the state codes and getting file filing yeah. different sorts of things like that is there a um are you guys connected to other mosques in the world is there how does that work in terms of well, there is no like if you if you're comparing to church uh you know there is a you know a diocese and all the connected you know centralized organizations we don't have it however we do keep close uh, in touch with the in terms of like when we should celebrate a annual festivity you know because it's based on lunar calendar sometime it comes like not sometime it always comes 10 days early so we have to make sure like as a community we're praying and celebrating uh, on the same date so we work closely with them or if there's a speaker series happening here we give send out the invitation over there vice versa so we have a collective bigger gathering to get most uh, value out of it so we do have those kind of partnership going as far as uh, establishing you know we establish as a non-profit organization um, again same standard uh, uh, paperwork of getting any other nonprofit okay and then but you also talk about having a community built out of people who have all immigrated here in some regard correct that all of you guys are from all around the world is that correct so yes. we have uh, people here from uh, the majority of the people here are from South Asia, so we have a lot of Indians, uh, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, then you have several, not as many, from the Middle East, so uh, myself and my wife Yusra are from uh, Lebanon, we have people from uh, Syria, we have people from uh, Palestine, we have people from Egypt. And we have several people from Africa, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we had some from uh, yeah, Somali. We had uh, Turkish people. And uh, there's some uh, also uh, native-born American red people that uh, are also Muslims that are uh, come to this uh, mosque. Right. So what's the experience like bringing these people from all around the world under one roof to <laughs> worship or to pray? Yeah. Uh, see, we, we, since we have no, um, we pray to one God and we follow one Quran, you know, there is only one version of it, no matter where you go, and it has the same meaning. So there is no conflict in, in, in the, you know, in what is recited out of the, the, the verse of the Quran, you know. So everybody knows it, everybody, there is, there is no conflict of any kind. Well, we have cultural differences and the way we dress. Uh, all those different countries and what food we eat so we share we have potlucks in the in the community every month and we in the during the month of ramadan we have a potluck daily and people from their own ethnic you know backgrounds bring food and everybody eats it 
no matter you know what the taste is different some are <laughs> spicy some are bland uh, some are uh, you know we have not ever eaten those food but everybody shares and so it's it's good to have that kind of culture you know mm. when we celebrate our festivals to festivals you know uh, everybody you know dresses in their own cultural uh, you know way and um, and you know celebrate together that's fascinating that you yeah. can have people who've lived all over the world and have experienced different cultures or lifestyles or whatever but at the heart of it you come to this space with the same heart okay. um, which is fascinating and really beautiful when you start to talk about we sit around a table and eat food from all over the world and yes. we look different we dress different but at the center of this Correct. is our shared mm-hmm. heart or shared yeah. spirit or worship yeah, exactly mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that the speakers that come through talk about living in the united states and how how to practice faith in the united states what what does it look like from one country versus another when it comes to practicing islam without going getting into a very long drawn out story <laughs> uh there are uh, some differences from country to country mm-hmm. um, but from an Islamic point of view there's basically two branches of Islam there is Shiite and Sunni um, you kind of equivalent uh, equivalent that to Catholics versus Protestants kind of uh, a break um, aside from that within each country you know you have regional differences not from a religious point of view but from a cultural point of view and sometimes the culture gets confused with the religion mm. so people do things a certain way let's say in Saudi Arabia different than in India than Lebanon and uh, what happened you ca- people come here from the different parts of the world and in their mind that culture is also part of what you're supposed to do uh, they come here and they'll see other people not doing that and it's, at first it may be difficult for them to adjust <clears throat> then people kind of uh, often they just kind of get used to it and they adjust but they also will keep certain traditions that they've uh, uh, grown up with with them and that's their choice I do want to add though that the best thing about being in the United States is that the United States is probably the most compatible with Islam itself really mm. out of all the countries in the world the United States and some parts of Europe are the most compatible with Islam because they do promote for uh, many social programs. They do promote for freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of thought, and all of this. So not a lot of people understand it until they come here and they see that with a different lens. Really? A lot of the Middle Eastern countries, you know, we've seen a lot of oppression during yep. the past hundred years. But when you come here, you don't see that. You can go worship wherever you want without mm-hmm. any repercussions. Uh, you see communities coming in a different way. You see uh, people, uh, Muslim folks in the United States that would not have gotten along in their native country come along a lot better here huh. because yep. the cultural thing is not there anymore. And people start blending slowly and assimilating together into a version of, of Islam that's that's truer to Islam and more devoid of the cultural things that you see. Wow. Mm. And uh, just to add to that, um, because in this country you have the, the medium of instruction or you know communication is English. So no matter what part of the world you come on, what language you used to uh, pray, you know, like understand the the, the speeches and the, and the sermons. Here the communication is all in English, so it's one one language for all people. Um, and uh, and then uh, also that you know this this country has the the freedom and all the a lot of the principles that are this country has offered uh, are are uh, you know you'll find it in the Quran, you know the the freedom and the the uh, the protection to the woman and you know just everyday dealings, uh, it is fair dealings and all of those things are, are very much whatever is in so the Quran is actually the assembly of the the Torah the Bible you know the angel all those books it's it's the final compilation of those. So, you know, everything has been inherited and whatever this country offers, we, we see that, that those are the things that we need to live our life. 
you know the, so, so many things being fair being you know doing fair business and you know the dealings you know how you need to treat your neighbor all those things are kind of a, a living example and and i tell you from bottom of my, bottom of my, of my heart that um, you know last 30 years i've been in this country uh, i have never seen so much freedom to practice my religion than anywhere else in the world wow. I, i was not so much involved back when i was growing i was 22 years old back in india i was not able to practice muslim i was you now missing my prayers you know but here uh, it it added you know when i came here and i missed my my mosque and everything you know it it, it was a you know you know the spirit inside me kind of you know encouraged me to you know be more religious and come you know come to the prayers from a place where we can actually do the congregation and uh, you know and the freedom that this country offers is unbelievable to Uh, and we take it for granted you know and uh, it's it's really you should see it when you go out for the countries you'll, you'll see what i'm talking the take it for granted part is whenever we go back and visit we want to leave as soon as possible i want to get out of there and we go back home <laughs> yeah exactly so, I, i would want to rush back home here because i know uh, you know uh, i can practice my religion with with all my heart and you know mm. and uh, it's up to you how you practice it and how you want to raise your kids want to raise your you know be in the part of the community uh, all the, all those elements are here you know and you just have to just come in and plug in yourself and you know everything will be okay i have something to add um mm-hmm. brother nasir that's true when i um when i'm lebanon i didn't wear the scarf over there i didn't you know everybody wearing scarf i didn't want to wear it because you know just uh seeing everybody with hair and you know I want to be like those girls you know coming here was so different I as soon as I came here maybe it was Ramadan the end of Ramadan this is when I felt like okay I'm away from home and what I'm going to do you know missing that part of your country like okay I'm going to start wearing the scarf on my head I'm going to start you know being more conservative I mean you know wear a modest and modest way mm-hmm. uh, and not when I wear that scarf 15 years ago like long time ago uh, there wasn't a lot of women who wear scarf basically now there's you know you see a lot more I felt like I'm the only woman in Bentonville Rogers area who <laughs> walk with a scarf on their head So it become like more like okay I can do that and to bring a positive message about the Muslim women. Just as a Muslim woman how how have you seen I guess your portrayal of yeah providing a good of just providing a good example of the Muslim woman how have you seen that um, I guess in action since you've been here well that time I start wearing scarf was just a month after 9/11 mm-hmm. so it was a tough time um, didn't thought about it that much because of you know I thought that land of freedom um, get some I didn't get a lot of uh, negative uh, you know um intention or some something like that mm-hmm. here's uh, some accidents here and there some like hearing some words uh but the positive positive uh, reaction was uh, more than just being you know negative and you know uh, oh, about the lady the old lady that stopped you yeah yeah an old lady stopped me at Walmart and she said that I'm very happy for you you're in this country you're safe from whatever over there and it was that I think uh, where in Iraq or I don't know Pakistan there was a war but it's not in Lebanon Afghanistan I believe mm-hmm. and I told her thank you so much but I'm from Lebanon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but this lady you know she we were shopping at Walmart and she uh, stopped her and uh, yeah. uh, took the time out of her day to basically welcome her here and uh, uh, share with her a very welcoming and uh, positive message yeah. and uh, that really uh, <clears throat> resonated with us especially back then when 
you know, like she said, she was the only Muslim woman walking around. Um, my, maybe not know, the only one, but the, just the, the one who wears a scarf. scarf on. Yeah, or very, very few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, uh, it was a very encouraging message. Within the Muslim community now, the women have, especially the ones, that, the women, the ladies that wear scarves are symbolizing Islam in the United States right now. They're the front yeah. facing <clears throat> everywhere yeah. because that's, you know, what people look for. Yeah. Now, the good thing is, um, I know my wife has been here for four years, and she's gotten a lot of positive uh, uh, comments yeah, where women true. would stop her and say, oh, I like your scarf, and that's beautiful, and, and they give encouragement. So that positivity is there. Now, the media is not going to talk about it. My daughter goes to welfare. Uh, she started wearing hijab, and she had to face a lot of, lot of uh, challenges, mm. you know. Well, well she chose to wear the hijab, not Yeah, no, she chose to wear the hijab. She was, she was called names and she was uh, kind of harassed, you know, on the campus. Uh, one time she was so harassed that she ended up in an accident and she came back, was driving back home because her mind was not, she was crying and she bumped into somebody. So those challenges are there for our kids. The people need to understand that it's a part of our religion. Those, uh, you know, and uh, it depends on, you know, but people don't view that because uh, we are not extremists. It is to protect her own self from yeah. evil eyes is what she's dressing up. And she's, uh, you know, yeah. it's not mandatory. It is her choice and it's, uh, it's uh, and she's doing it. But we do have challenges here itself in Northwest Arkansas mm -hmm. with that kind of, you know, uh, again, it just depends on the interpretation. Like, I have two sisters. One chose to wear it. Another chose not to wear it. You know, same uh, goes to my wife's side, you know. Well, one of their siblings wore it, and my wife chose not to wear it. So, anyway, what I'm saying is, like, you've got all these diverse people um, with a different interpretation of what they believe is a religion. But as far as when it comes to the way we practice, we pray, we mingle, you right. know, there are no differences. Right. I can imagine that having that that central, just ha having that to gather around has really been like a solace for people coming to Northwest Arkansas that practice Islam. So how have you guys seen this center, I guess, be a, a safe haven for like, or just a, a community to gather around, a place where people can feel at home um, to others coming from not Northwest Arkansas into the area? So when I first came here, in 1999, I came as a Walmart intern, mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't know where Arkansas was, but if I was going to be here, I wanted to see if there was a mosque for me to pray. Mm -hmm. So the closest mosque was in Fayetteville, which was good enough. I just drove down there. Mm -hmm. um, but the same thing that I did, other people do. So a lot of people, before they come to Northwest Arkansas, they want to know, is there a mosque? Uh, is, is there an active community? Is there a place for my kids, uh, social programs, school, etc.? Um, so they call us as, a, as executive committee members. Uh, they'll pick up the phone, call us, and ask us about this place. And mm -hmm. we've had many people that were being recruited by different employers will call us and ask us about the area and what's available. Because, um, you know, the mosque is uh, central to the life of a Muslim. In a sense, we pray here. This is where we do a lot of social activities, where we get to know about each other. Uh, so people look for that. Foods. And eat a lot of tasty <laughs> food that you've yeah. never tried it before. <laughs> Sometimes very spicy. <laughs> very spicy. Yeah, I had a call three days ago. A person from Michigan accepted, uh, or actually getting interviewed with Walmart, and uh, he wanted to get a high-level overview. All the same questions what you just described. He saw. Uh, he wanted to know, is there a Sunday school for kids? You know, is there a nearby mosque from the proximity to the main campus? And uh, is there halal food restaurants and uh, grocery places? Halal, think of it as a kosher uh, from a Jewish uh, perspective. So, yeah, standard questions. Uh, yeah, we get those all the time. Mm -hmm. I probably want to know how many, how big is the community? You know what ethnic background and you know, well, what kind of events you could do. So a bunch of questions, just like they want before they want to accept the offer. They want to just make sure that um, they are moving somewhere that you know uh, they they'll they are by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely a big yeah. social hub. Usually, yeah. that's a social circle you want to join. 
just try to find a good mosque with a lot of people that you can get friends with. There's a social group, so and also they're not just at this center. There's also like subgroups mm-hmm. of like South Indian, like think of from India, you know, the Urdu mm-hmm. speaking from India, Pakistan, or Bangladesh, you know, uh, which is all good, you know, they they where they can fluently speak their languages and give that exposure through to the children mm-hmm. and have a separate like individual gathering, like a smaller group setting. So all this takes place, but again, it all possible because of this one center. Yeah. Wow. Everything funnels through here. So if you know a, a brother from Bangladesh is moving here, we kind of hook up with you know somebody from the Bangladesh community here, and uh, he can be much comfortable talking to him in his own language and mm-hmm. you know uh, speak and maybe feel we feel more you know maybe he can adjust here. Uh, so. Uh, this place I did like the, the you know center the center for all those activities and so, yeah we do uh, we do a lot of interface activities especially in the last year or two when Islam uh, became in the news more often so people uh, from the community reached out to us uh, and invited us in to do many uh, activities uh, several of us who spoke at churches at uh, the Benton County Interface Alliance uh, Arkansas School Base Alliance at the school. school and yeah. also yeah, yeah. Uh, NWAC yep um, Lions Club uh, uh, the Rotary Club Rotary Club, Club. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a very good experience uh, get to meet a lot of people a lot of people don't know about Islam uh, they hear what they hear in the news and they want to get clarification and well, ask we are often very warm welcome yes oh, we, we had an open house about just a couple of months ago mm-hmm. where we had invited a, a handful of churches so people from all those congregations actually came here on this property and we had a presentation and, and a food barbecue cookout and uh, you know they were very pleased to know about Islam we told what and then we showed them what we do and uh, they had a lot of questions and you know, it, 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 we walked out here from here feeling very, very, you know, satisfied and, you know, that, that what they saw in the news is not what what mm-hmm. the eyes have seen. So it was very positive for being, establishing that relationship and actually being able to, you know, uh, show what Islam is. We also are uh, working very closely with uh, the uh, Episcopal Church uh, in Bentonville. As well as uh, we worked closely with the uh, synagogue at Sham, uh, at Chaim, sorry, um, to help establish an interface center. We're calling it the Abrahamic Center, where a place where Muslims, uh, Christians, and Jews can pray. Uh, that's a long-term project. Hoping we get funding and make that uh, successful. We had a lot of interest in doing that from. Uh, outside of our community as well as within our community so this is something that we're hoping to uh, uh, make big progress in the next couple of years on absolutely what other sorts of things do you guys involve yourselves with in the community as a community of muslim people are there things that you guys in specifically involve yourself in the community with in terms of like so charity or yeah charity. food drives charities especially like you know think of uh, the nepal earthquake happened mm-hmm. you know it's not just a working with the churches but also like hindu temple you know where uh, we collected a lot of uh, basic essentials and uh, um and worked with them to ship it out you know um in the there was a refugees coming in the dallas area we had a uh, clothes drive uh done so Things like that, you know, anything we can partner up with other uh, faith groups and nonprofit, um, we're open. So, yeah. yeah, also, um, what the women groups trying to do now, um, they want to, you know, uh, be the voice of um, charity helpers. So, we did last year, we did the uh, food drive uh, to um, what is it called? Good, not good video, helping hands. And uh, this month, well, at uh, Christmas time, we went to a children's shelter and provide them with the, their uh, urgent need list. Mm. Uh, also, we have, we're trying to do this like on monthly, uh, get their whatever they need and provide them with the, um, their you know, urgent needs. And yeah. also, as a 
something I'm working on for Sunday school that 11 or 12 years old and up. I'm trying to get them for um, volunteering in the community. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to go now and to get them uh, nursing homes or, you know, places like that to present the Muslim community, the younger Muslim community, mm-hmm. and what they can do for their community. Yesterday you delivered a bunch of... Yesterday, yeah, yesterday I went to the children's shelter. I had a a lot of bags. They needed water bottles, hairbrushes, uh, clothes for boys, uh, swimming diapers, even diapers, and a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, we're also involved with uh, uh, Canopy and WA, which is an organization that was established by multiple churches and interfaith organizations in Northwest Arkansas to help uh, bring uh, uh, to help refugees who come to this area to get established, help them uh, find a uh, place to live, uh, help them get a job, help, help them get established so that they become self-proficient and productive uh, in the community. So, uh, we also helped uh, uh, with the with the Louisiana recent water and all the rains and everything. So there was a fundraising event and just uh, you know people donated over hundredly and we collected a few thousand dollars and mailed the check to those uh, to uh, I think the Red Cross or something like that you know to help with the, the relief efforts there. So. Anytime there's a you know, national calamity or anywhere part of the world, uh, we the, the people here give openly and we collected a few thousand dollars, seven, eight thousand dollars, and we just send a check to the any the organization that most will benefit without much expense you know, ratio. Yeah. Uh, it just, uh, it, you know, so uh, we are required by our, by our religion to give 2.5% of, of, we call it zakat. It's a mandatory uh, Donation that anything that you have in your bank, you know, savings, gold, whatever, um, you give two point five percent of that amount every year. To it is a it is a portion that is that goes to the poor and the needy people. Yeah, it's a sort of tithing. So the way that uh, uh, tithings or zakat uh, is calculated in Islam is a little different than Christianity. Christianity, or at least my Christian friends, they do ten uh, percent of their Income as uh, tithing, uh, some of them do anyways. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, the way we do it is actually two and a half percent of your wealth. So any excess. funds that you have that in excess. Be in excess of what your um, living expenses are hmm. uh, would qualify for that. So anything that's in the bank that's idle and it's uh, it's been there for one year. Yeah. So it, it has to be there in the bank for one year. So if you had like fifty thousand okay. dollars. And it's been there since December of 2015. It's December of 2016. Then it becomes obligated that you give 2.5 percent of that fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Just want to make sure that the 2.5 is not the magic number. So you, yeah, can, you can give, give more. <laughs> Minimum 2.5 <laughs> percent. That, that, that's just a suggestion. No more. No more. <laughs> exactly. Just a suggestion. But no people generally. Zakat is as a definition. It's actually even more than just charity because yeah. it applies to help a lot of people. So even if somebody's passing through our community and they need help, while we still have some time, I would love to hear some perspectives of you guys as we move into a new presidential administration that seems to have really vilified um, the immigrant. And if you guys could speak to um, maybe a little bit of your experience, but I would love to hear you guys talk a little bit about um, how we, as um, people of Northwest Arkansas, disarm some of those very dangerous um, or some of those very heated conversations Um in terms of immigrants or in terms of the Muslim community, um, give us some insight as to how um, we can go about having those conversations. So, Trump won't be the scariest guy that the Muslim community has ever had, right? Mm. Uh, he's definitely the more open right now, especially because of the media's blown out of proportion. We understand some of the concerns that Trump talks about, right? Uh, I mean, even within our communities, people the mo- the biggest victims for terrorism are Muslims in the whole world right now. 
Mm. You know, hundreds of thousands of people died in the past uh, several years out of terrorism because Muslim Muslims are being targeted the most. Mm-hmm. So we definitely understand that part. We know that there's people who are trying to say that they're Muslim and they, they do bad things. Um, but that's true to every religion. The, the issue that we're having right now is that generalization. If one person does something bad, you can't go say everybody off that uh, hairstyle or <laughs> or eye color, you know, or skin color or belief or thought. You know, if, if an engineer does something, now all of engineers are terrorists, you can't do that. So you have to understand that those are always isolated cases. Mm-hmm. Throughout the ages, throughout history, um, people who do terror activities are usually isolated cases. And they try to be, they try to belong to someone. The biggest fear that we have is that the more the rhetoric increases, the more people would feel like, oh, this administration hates us. Why should we stay in this country? Or why should we support this country? Or why should we love in this country? Now, of course, the the general population of <coughs> of the Muslim community is going to say, ah, oh, whatever, just another president. It'll blow over in five, in, four, in four years. If not in four years, in another eight years. We'll persevere. All we have to do is make sure we let people understand who we are, bring out our image out and and talk to people and be involved in community like we always do, right? right. And eventually it'll blow over. But we just need to make sure that uh, we are, our communities are understanding of the issues that people are talking about. Uh, I think the media is not being fair. That's fine. Media is media. Uh, the administration has their concerns. That's fine. The best thing we can do is have Trump or anybody that believes in Trump or anybody within the local state, uh, city level, just open a dialogue within the Muslim community so we can seek to understand each other. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the best way for us to do it. But it's not the end of the world. Okay. Right. Yeah. As long as we are law-abiding citizens and we are, we pay taxes, we, we are contributing to this country, and uh, we raise our kids in this you know, along with all other communities, our kids are going to the schools here. They are, you know, um, being part of the the whole equation, and uh, um, and I, you know, as long as I'm not doing anything illegal, and you can come here, our mosques are open, our services are open. Anybody is welcome to come and sit down here, listen to the sermons we speak. You will not find any rhetoric or targeting any religion or saying bad about any other religion. It's a message from the Quran we are just reading, as it is said. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there is no fear for us to be any you know, uh, you know the the people since they don't know about Islam have a different perspective. If they really want to see Islam, come to our mosque, sit down there, listen, and you know have a dialogue. We can have interfaith activities. Let's open up and our hearts for the other people, people of other religion, other culture. The, you know, skin color, everything. So, uh, you know, we are uh, we are welcoming, and and that's all I can say. You know, when I first came to the United States, I uh, in Lebanon, there's not a lot of uh, black people, uh, Africans. There, I knew one person. He worked with my dad, and he was the friendliest guy. I came to the United States when I was uh, about ten years old, but I would. Uh, his name was Steve, and he was just the nicest guy. Uh, but I would watch American television and I would see how uh, African Americans were portrayed. And I was afraid of black people when I came to this country. So I was in fifth grade at the time and uh, there was one black kid in my class. And I didn't know English very well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a bad impression of black people. But I asked, uh, I needed a pencil. and. Uh, he was the one person who raised his hand and gave me a pencil. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, wow, this guy is actually nice. And that opened up my heart and that opened up a place for dialogue and changed my perception. Because all I knew was whatever I saw on TV. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. The one example I had, I thought he was an anomaly. Right? Yeah, he was a nice guy, but man, look at all of them on TV. They're all not like that. He's, he must be just special. And when I came here, I learned that that wasn't the case. And uh, uh, and I think this is the same as true for Muslims. When you see them on TV, they're not portrayed in a positive light, typically. 
uh, in the news they don't show the good things they show the bad things uh, when you get to meet Muslims in person you get to know about them they're normal people like everybody else they have families they want the best for their kids they want to live in peace All of us are citizens of the United States. I took both 10 years ago and, uh, you know, and our children are born citizens and they don't, they don't ever want to talk about going back home or back to my India. They, they, they this consider this their, their home yeah. and they can't even speak the language that we speak back home. So uh, going back home to them is coming to Northwest Africa. Let's <laughs> 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 go home and go to Well, we, we are glad that um, you guys make your home here. We appreciate what you guys do, um, and we thank you for the time. Uh, while we're just closing up really quick, what are some ways that we can support you guys and what you're doing here? Um, what I like to see or hope to hear more is a positive of what the Muslim community is trying to do, not just Northwest Arkansas, but all over, you know, uh, United States, because there is a lot of uh, good Muslim. They're much more than, you know, the one who is the stereotype that you hear about in the media. Mm -hmm. To shine the light on those people, there's a lot of uh, good, positive activities happening around, you know, all over the world, not just, you know, United States. So to bring that, you know, to the people's perspective and to introduce those good Muslim and break the stereotype. Yeah, we need a platform. We don't have a strong platform within the United States. Uh, we do have really large organizations that are very vocal, but the biggest thing you hear people say, anytime something bad happened, it's like, oh, the Muslim community is not talking. That's well, true. Are you even listening? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have, uh, I'm from, uh, I lived uh, the longer time of my life in Deborah, Michigan, and anytime anything happened, you'd have marches down the street, mm. but they were never cut. Right? Mm. And then people came back and said, well, Muslims don't speak up. Well, we do. <laughs> Just open your heart, open your ears, and yeah. maybe your yeah. eyes. And... Well, I really hope that Northwest Arkansas becomes a place that you can all exhale and not feel the need to be so defensive. And that um, this predominantly white Christian community can see the validity of um, your contribution to the community and your value as people. I want to say something like you'd be surprised how much this is probably the least like racist place I've ever been. <laughs> I have Which in here I have I've had, I have had more compliments like when I, whenever I'm out with my wife and she was a scar, we had more compliments about Islam than anywhere else in the world. Even from even within the Muslim communities. I mean, we really do I am blessed to be here in Northwest Arkansas. I'm like Isa when uh, when I heard that I'm coming to Benton. I'm like, where is Benton? And I <laughs> Arca, what? <laughs> well, I, I felt the same but, way. <laughs> so I'm coming. But when, I, when I came here, I'm, I'm generally surprised and, and very appreciative of the things that people do here, mm -hmm. and um, the community overall, the Christian community has been very welcoming of us, especially especially after uh, like all the. Rhetoric <laughs> that Trump and uh, has yeah. been thrown during the campaign. Yeah. You, you see, people send us extremely nice letters. Yeah. We have in the bulletin board where we have neighbors and churches sending us, you know, don't be, don't be bothered about these, you know, this. Uh, I got a, I got a, you know, a card in the mail so, yeah. just last week, uh, in support. You know, somebody from out of town. They. Yeah. And this happens like every month, every few weeks, we get a, a, a letter. Uh, Even the neighbors here walked and put a note saying, you know, don't worry about whatever the results of the elections are. And we have some notes that are like signed by 30, 40, 50 people. Mm -hmm. So it's, wow. it's yeah. very supportive. Yeah. People are very supportive over here. I, I used to work at the Presbyterian Church in Rogers and um, made lots of friends with time, like four and a half years. And they still contact me, and I have a very close friend with me right now, especially after the election, after everything is happening. Mm. They reach out, please let us know anything that you need. Mm -hmm. Can we help you in any way you need? 
So I really appreciate the friendship. It's not just the other faith groups, you know. It's also the government officials here, the local. Um, anytime we need to get a permit or need to be in compliance or, you know, getting all the documentation to get our uh, place established, everything, uh, the city planning and others, mm-hmm. they worked uh, very diligently with us, and uh, the overall experience has been very pleasant. They have been they're extremely helpful, mm-hmm. and the intentions have always been good. Yeah, right? we love that. Yeah. Well, thank you good. guys so much for sitting down and talking to us. Thank we you. really thank appreciate you. the for time the opportunity. you guys took. Thank you, yeah. so, really thank you for coming and uh, you know um, <laughs> opening your doors to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Yeah, we hope to see you guys around Northwest Arkansas soon. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What what a fantastic just group of people um we we loved sitting down with the Bentville Islamic Center and you know one of the things that i pulled away from this um is that northwest arkansas i'm i'm proud of you um i the positive experiences that they've had with the northwest arkansas community um i just didn't expect to be honest i I was, I had this notion in my head that, um, it was difficult and it, it, it no doubt is difficult to be a, a Muslim in, um, a very, very Christian white America, but I'm just very proud that I live in an area that goes out of the way to make, uh, the Muslim community feel valued and that, um, they are welcome. You know, typically we ask, you know, how how can we support you? How can we promote what you do here, wh- whatever the organization is? Um, typically, it's you know, it's a follow our Facebook page. <laughs> typically, it's a, you can donate here. Um, but the one drum that was beat was tell the stories of good Muslims, project that image of the good that Muslims do in the world, because the media typically doesn't do that and all of the positive things that Muslims bring to our communities are kind of overshadowed. And so I would challenge you, the listener, to share this story. Share the stories of the Muslims that you may know in your lives or go out of your way to listen to uh, maybe other podcasts. I know there's a podcast called Good Muslim, Bad Muslim that's out there um, that's just talking about on the experience of growing up Muslim. Just promote those, promote stories of real genuine people living their lives and share the good that they bring to the community.